You're listening to an Air Books podcast. Hey guys, it's Aiden of Aiden's Books, and I'm here with Mommy. Welcome to Parenting and Bonding with Children's Books. Our episodes are recorded first via video. For the full experience, check out the video interview on my Facebook page, Aiden's Books. Next, you'll hear Mommy doing the interview. Thanks for listening. Hey, hey, everybody, and welcome to the Parenting and Bonding with Children's Books podcast, where we believe that books are magic and have the power to transform homes. On this podcast, we talk to the authors behind the magic to find out their true intentions behind the books. Tonight, we are here with author, educator, and producer, Haley Edelman. (laughs) I had to practice it before we came on it. I still (laughs) messed it up. No, you're great. It's Haley Edelman. You rocked it. Edelman. Okay. Haley Edelman. Okay. So where are you located, if you don't mind? I'm right outside Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I don't know if we told you this before, but as soon as I saw uh, the Benjamin Franklin Museum, I was like, oh my gosh. So we're from New Jersey, right over the bridge from Philly. Yay. Yes. So we like uh, the uh, the museum is like a huge part of my childhood. We hopped over the bridge so often to go to the museum. So when I saw that, I was like, oh, nostalgia. I love that. I am, I actually serve the board of the Franklin Institute. Yes. I have so much fun there. I mean, it's just such an amazing place. Did you grow up going to the heart? No, I didn't grow up going to the heart. I didn't. Yeah, they have this heart exhibit there. Boom, 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 oh, boom. I just don't remember them. Yeah, it's so good. And the Please Touch Museum as well. Yeah. I used okay. to yeah, I used to do some work for them too. I love the Please. I love them both. That's so awesome. We have great museums here as well, but uh, I don't think anything touches what I used to experience in Philly. We have. Have you been to um, to Dallas? I haven't. I've never been to Dallas. Okay, they have this really cool. They have a, a few, but this really cool museum. It's um, I think it's called the Perot. Any Texans, if you're watching, if you're from Dallas, and I'm saying that incorrectly, <laughs> you can tell me. But Aiden loves dinosaurs in space, and it's a it's a like a great combination of the two. Well, next time you come to Philadelphia, then there's also um, the Natural History Museum. So we can get his dinosaurs there and then he can go to the Franklin Institute and get a little space action. Oh, that sounds like a day. Go to Dallas and go to both of them (laughs) or to the museum you mentioned and see both exhibits. Okay, so I'm give I gave you guys like a sneak peek, but I'm going to give a formal introduction to Haley. So she's a picture book author, of course, that's why she's here, educator and film producer. Um, she has a PhD in education and she's taught elementary through university students. Um, I would love to know what your favorite was. <laughs> and she's been nominated for Disney Teacher of the Year on multiple occasions. That's exciting. Um, she's the author of the Great Big Feeling series, and that's uh, the series that we're going to be talking about today, and the executive producer of documentary films like The Social Dilemma and Writing with Fire. She's director and producer of Our American Family. Oh, I'm reading the whole thing here. And she has served various youth-focused organizations such as Simon's Heart, the Franklin Institute, and the Philadelphia School Partnership. And she lives outside of Philly, like we said, with her dogs and daughters and hubby. Welcome. Thank you so much. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> Be here with you. And I know you put so much love out into the world about books for families and kids. And I, I love hearing your interviews. So thanks for everything that you do. 
Oh, thank you so much. And thank you for everything that you do. I mean, going through your website and your social media and seeing just the impact that you have and everything you do surrounding your books. I mean, I feel like the books are just, um, they're wonderful, but there's so much activity surrounding them, like different contests that you've done. And you did like a theme song contest. Yeah, we did the okay. book song challenge. Yes. How, so much it. fun. Yeah, I'll tell you about it. So we on um at our Instagram at Way Past Books, we hosted the book song challenge. The first year we had kind of like a Philly celeb, the 76ers six man. He's like, you know, the the 76ers super fan. We had him co-host. And this past year I co-hosted with um Abigail the storyteller. She's a young girl from North Carolina. The two of us connected after I saw her reading one of my books. And we've been in touch ever since. And she reads for kids who can't. So we kind of aligned on a passion. And for the um, Book Song Challenge, really, you know, it's great. I love having the opportunity to talk about my books and my work. But for me, it's also really important that kids just love books that they get exposed to reading, that they get to celebrate their books, and that they get to use their own creativity. Mm-hmm. So with the Book Song Challenge, kids um, from all over the country actually wind up singing a song about their favorite book from the school year. Okay. And yeah, so they record themselves singing it. They share it with us. We post it. We have all these mini giveaways throughout. We have different... Um, you know, promotional nights where people come on and we have like, you know, we had a beautiful signer, Gina Bivens came this year to kind of have us share other songs and music and just, you know, celebrate books and children. And at the end, kids wind up winning money that they could put like book gift cards from Bookshop or Children's Book World or other independent booksellers that they can then make their collections longer, but then there's also another piece where their school, they can choose a school or a library or a community center to also donate books to. Okay. So we're hoping to like, just, just grow the, the world of books, just instill a love of reading and fun in kids and just inspire yeah. kids to be their awesome selves. That is so cool. And I didn't know that this was still going. I thought this was something that you had done and it ended. I'm going to have to share this in the group and on our social media. Yeah, we do it at the end of every school year. Yeah. So usually um, the beginning of May-ish. Um, and it's fun too, because I don't know if you've ever um, connected with Lisa Hernandez. She's a wonderful children's book illustrator and a friend of mine. And um, years ago, we worked together developing these like puppet characters and that kind of thing. So I get to bring out one of the puppet characters and we do like silly things on <laughs> like I'm going like this. I'm already like talking like a puppet. Puppet. Yeah. <laughs> do this whole thing to like just be just extra silly. Like kids work hard during the school year. Teachers work hard during the school year. Yeah. We want everybody to just just feel good. What'd you yeah. learn? Let it out. Let's feel good and 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 celebrate together. I love it. You have such great energy. I can really see why you've been nominated so many times for Disney <laughs> Feature of the Year. What do you think? Uh, what's your philosophy for the classroom? Like, how how do we get here? You've been teaching for so long. Well, I guess one of the things that's like, whether it's the classroom or writing or any project I do, I think it's always like lead with love and bring your heart. 
Yeah. In your whole heart. Like I want the kids that I work with to really feel deeply cared about because it's just so like I genuinely care about kids. I want them to feel it. I want kids that I work with to feel like they're a star just for being themselves, which is like Mm -hmm. what I really talk about with way past jealous. Like I want kids to really feel the the magic, like you talk about magic within books, tr- yeah. so true. I want kids to feel the magic within themselves also. So I think just walking in with that intention of just true love, seeing like not just the best that the kids are, but also seeing their greatness and their potential even further and mm-hmm. just wanting them to 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 see that too. You know, it's. I think it's so cool that when you look at your background, um, you see that. So you have children's books, but also as a producer, you've been in these like really heavy type topics like The Social Dilemma um, and the other project that you did. And it's like two different sides of the spectrum. It's almost like, and correct me if I'm wrong, you're reaching kids, right, to have them handle these great big feelings that they have and show them how to handle them so they don't get to the place where people have gotten in the work that you've done, like with um, with Social Dilemma and Writing with Fire and the other project that you did, um, Our American Family, because that was a really heavy piece as well. Yeah, I just think if we can do our best job with kids mm-hmm. when they're young, if we can lean in and mm-hmm. allow them to express themselves, to have hard conversations. And I think the work with the films, it really is an extension of that philosophy of like, how can we be open enough as a society, as people, um, you know, to just have hard conversations, to, Mm -hmm. to really inspire ourselves every day to kind of be better. Because yeah. that's what I want for kids. It's also what I want for myself. I want to be better. Like, I want to do a better job. I want to hear people more. So I think, like, just listening, like, the idea of, like, sparking the conversations, but not one-sided conversations, like, conversations yeah. where we can, like, say how they're feeling, hear how someone else is feeling, learn from each other's experiences. That, to me, is all just, like, that extension of of spreading love. Yeah, it is. And that's it's really big. And I loved reading all four of your great big feelings books for that reason. And I think that, I mean, before you came on, I knew we were on the same page about the magic in books and really giving our children a chance to say how they feel with a lot of the parents and um, in our communities. I speak to them about um, the magic really being in the conversation that we have around the book, right? Like with our kids and the questions that we ask, asking those open-ended questions, and they can be some of the best conversations that we have with them. And it's so amazing. Um, So I thank you for putting your work out there so that we can have these discussions with our kids. I know um, with uh, the jealous, I'm sorry, (laughs) way past jealous, That was, uh, I I read the book with Aiden and along the pages, like as we turn the pages, different things kept happening. That's another great thing about Haley's books. All the situations are so realistic and we actually resonated with, with more than one of your books, but Way Past Jealous was a little deeper for us because Aiden, as you know, wait, I'm talking forever. Let me tell you guys, Haley was here before. And you might see like clips throughout or at the end. And Aiden, who we all know is the real star of the show, um, had an interview with Haley. 
And she got him to chat about his great big feelings. And it was so beautiful. We talked about his feelings, right? And we and she saw that he was an artist. And so he's, I'm not going to, this is the wrong word and don't cringe. He's a sensitive kid. He feels deeply. He feels very deeply. And he's an artist. So when I remember last year, his teacher was given out awards and she gave um, Aiden best artist in the classroom, right? And then she gave another kid, future illustrator, and Aiden's feelings were so hurt because he's like, is she saying that I can draw right now, but I won't be able to draw later Aww. or I'm not going to get better? Like, why Why am I not future illustrator? Why can't I be an illustrator in the future? And, um, you know, it just it brought back on that conversation as well as other things that that happened in the classroom. And so. It's just a great experience that we had around your books. And so I really want to thank you for that. I'm so glad. First of all, I'm so glad you, I adore Aiden. So I was super <laughs> excited that um, to be able to connect with him, but I'm also happy to hear that the book touched him in such a meaningful way because it is yes. hard, you know, you know, with way past jealous, you know, we have this little girl and she's so jealous that someone else is getting the attention for something that she's mm -hmm. good at too, but she's, so she's really jealous about the attention. It's making her feel like, you know, she's not, she doesn't shine yeah. when it doesn't mean like sometimes we have to, I love like letting kids know that just because someone else is getting the attention in this moment, it doesn't mean that you still don't have that shine inside you. It doesn't mean that you're not still a star. So like, how can we hold on to, you know, it's funny I, when you talk about, you know, activities for after the book, one of the things we did for Way Past Jealous was make these like sunglasses, star-shaped sunglasses yeah. so that kids, here's the star shades, you know, so that they can remember they still are a star. You can rock it even if someone else is getting all the attention, let them have the attention. Just keep rocking it. Keep being mm -hmm. you, keep bringing your best self forward. Yeah. But I really did love that you talked about the after the book activities, the conversations that we have, because that is really part of the magic of a story. Yeah. You know, if I'm an author and I think my book's the best thing since sliced bread, then I'm not really necessarily giving it the chance to do its real work, which mm -hmm. is to like touch people and let the book become theirs. So I'm so happy that you and Aiden had a moment where that book could just become yours. Yes, we definitely did have a moment. And um, Way Past Sad was also another book. Who's going to pull out their books? I have my books. I have them. Do you want me to bring them out? <laughs> Tell me. All right. So here's Way Past Jealous. I don't know if I have them in the same order as you. Here's Way Past Jealous. Yes. Yeah. And then you just mentioned Way Past Sad, so I'll pull it out. Yes. Here's Way Past Sad. James, he's really sad. <laughs> yes. And we'll talk about why he's sad in a moment. Yeah. And you have Way Past Mad. Oh, I do. I have Way Past Mad. Yes. I have Way Past Worried. Oh, what are you about to pick up? I'm about to pick up my quiet chip. Oh, okay. But I do also have three books coming out. <laughs> I know. I, I thought you had one with you. I, know. I didn't have them yet. I didn't get the copies yet. <laughs> I'm so excited. I'm excited too. Aw. That is great. So way past that, Aiden's best friend moved away in the middle of quarantine. Um, and yes. And so that book, and I have to tell you, and I have to be transparent. It took, even after reading the book, it took a little bit to bring him back. 
Like he was still, cause I'm like, look, it's, you know, it's so fun. We, you know, or not so fun. We go through the story and we see his friend is moving away and he's sad, but look, they can still connect. They can still connect on Zoom. He's like, that's not enough. Yeah. <laughs> but it gave us a chance to really work through those feelings. It really gave us a chance to do that. You know, it isn't sometimes enough. Like I remember that feeling Mm -hmm. like my one of my best, I moved away right after elementary school. And it's funny because when I was working on the book, my best friend from elementary school is this, this woman, her, she's a woman now named Melanie. And I called Melanie and I'm like, Hey Mel, cause we still talk. We're still connected after all these years. But I'm like, Hey Mel, this is how it felt for me when I was moving. How did it feel for you when you were staying? Mm -hmm. We had a really good conversation. And what I really loved thinking about the most is how can people see past their set? Like, it's not like the sad's not going to stay there. And it's funny. That's why, you know, the after book activity, one of them is with um, a telescope, (laughs) which you see in the book, because Mm -hmm. how can you, when you look around and you see things, you can see all sad, but then you can also see those other things too. What else is around you so that you can start to see past your sad. And that happens after you feel your sad, like you got to feel it and Aiden's not wrong. Sometimes it totally stinks. And, you know, we talked about in the book also like drawing your mood. How can, how are ways you can kind of get it out so that then you can start to see past sad and still feel it. Like, I like that too in my books is, you know, I try to make sure that we're not erasing the feeling completely. It's not Mm. like, oh, now everything's perfect in five seconds. Like we're totally fine. Like, because sometimes your feelings going to still linger, but how are you going to still get through it? So many things that you said there, I want to touch on and I'm not going to be able to remember it because you guys see my, (laughs) my recall is not that strong, but the importance, um, we talk about the community all the time is using the books as tools. And that's really what this podcast is all about because there's magic in books and there's so much fun and just a magical storyline and imaginative story. Um, but so many times uh, we as parents, you know, we'll read a book and we'll be like, oh, that was great. And we'll put it back down and never to be picked up again. But the reason why we select certain authors and certain books for this show is because there are so many books that we can really use as tools in our home. And even though when we first read Way Past Sad, you know, it brought up so many different emotions and, you know, we had to work through it. You know, that's not going to stop me from picking it up again. And drawing out those same emotions so that Aiden can talk about it. So that our kids recognize that not only are we, but story time is also a safe place in order to share those feelings that they're having. And that's what they really need to know is that this is a safe space and these feelings are going to come. It's how we handle them and that you feel safe talking to me as your parent about it. So, you know, I don't really get that, but yeah. I think that's a really good point. And I think when you bring up like the safety piece, for me, what I see often in kids from my experience as an educator and also, you know, as an author is sometimes it's really easy. And for adults, too, Mm -hmm. it's easier to look at someone else experience a a feeling, someone else making a mistake, Mm -hmm. like someone else doing something wrong before you can step into it and be like, oh, I felt that way, too. Or, oh, I've done that, too. You know, like when when Kia is taking her mad and way past mad out on her friend and telling him like, she doesn't even like him. And, and we know that's not true, but, 
But like, what are the mistakes sometimes for kids to have that safe space in this reading time that you're talking about, which sound, is so beautiful? Like, how can we make sure kids can see other people might make mistakes? Yeah. It doesn't make them 100% horrible and bad in a minute. Like, yes. how can they see that someone else made the mistake, maybe even say to themselves, I made a similar mistake, and then learn from it and say, well, what could I do differently the next time? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so true. And a beautiful thing about kids, well, at least from what I see in Aiden and, and the friends that he has around him, they're so good at helping helping each other work through emotions. Like um, we were at the park one time and one of his friends got really angry and, you know, he, he showed some, some difficult behaviors. And um, Aiden walked up to him and he's like, hey, you know, why don't we just count to 10? Let's count down from 10 and, you know, see how we feel. I didn't hear the whole thing, but I heard most of it. And um, the titles in Helly's books are really specific, right? But you don't have to wait until they have that feeling to pick up the book. You know, it's like they're going to experience things from day to day when we're not around that they're going to have to know how to handle and maybe help a friend work through. So um, these books are so uh, multidimensional. And um, I think that they're just awesome. The only one we haven't talked about, way past sad, way past jealous, way past mad. Way past worried. Yes. Worried. Worried. The party. And the part, yeah, a little boy who's, you know, all of a sudden he has to go to this other kid's, oh, here's Brock, right? Oh, right. That's Nelly. Here's Brock. He's, he's in the book. Hey, Brock. But I, <laughs> but he um, all of a sudden has to go without his normal sidekick to another mm-hmm. friend's superhero birthday party. And it's like, something's changed. And how can he get past his own worry? He, then he starts feeling like, oh, my costume's too small. I'm going to look silly. Like, you know, then it just grows from there. Uh, his worry gets bigger and bigger. And it's nice that you talked about the uh, having seen kids help each other and support yeah. each other, because that's kind of what happens in Way Past Worried. Yeah. Rock winds up meeting another kid who's also too afraid to go into the party. They're both worried together. And then how they wind up kind of like helping each other, like, oh, you're worried about that? Like, I'm worried about this. And, you know, we can still be worried, but try to be brave, right? And we can come back here. Like, we can kind of take a step forward and like retreat if we need to. Like, how can you negotiate with another kid who might have the same worry or the same mad or the same jealous, like who might have a similar feeling, which is what adults do. Like sometimes you try to call someone who you know has a similar experience or has felt a certain way to kind of say like, what did you do? Here's what I did. Like, let's try something different if what we're currently doing, like if avoiding the party isn't necessarily working or feeling good, what else can we try? How can we still have the feeling and be brave in spite of it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's so great. And we we have these feelings too, like you, like you said, as adults. And one thing, I don't know at what age it stops, but I know Aiden loves to hear when I've experienced something. So that's also like a powerful tool for story time, like reading it and stopping. Like, okay, when I when we read Way Past Jealous and she ripped that picture off the wall. <laughs> I've never done it, but there have been so many times where I've wanted to do something like that, especially at work in a corporate environment. It can be so 
um, competitive um, and there's so many things, you know, can happen in the course of a day. But I know that I've had those feelings and our kids love to hear about that. And sometimes all it takes is for us to share something that may have happened with us for them to feel comfortable then sharing with us. So that's another great way to use these books to have awesome um, conversation and bonding moments with our kids. It's so true. Openness really does breed openness. Yes. Well said. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, you so, said it first. <laughs> can you tell us about your illustrators? I was surprised. I, I didn't notice until I don't know when that you had different illustrators. Yeah. Well, for my first book, My Quiet Ship, that was illustrated by Sonia Sanchez. Mm-hmm. Sonia Sanchez um, lives in Barcelona. And then I also got a chance to work with another. Um, illustrator from Barcelona, Sandra de la Prada. Sandra de la Prada did really set the tone. You know, Albert Whitman, my editor, Albert Whitman at the time had selected Sandra de la Prada to um, really launch the series. And I I was blown away when I first got, you know, the book in my hand. I mean, I've been so blessed to work with so many talented illustrators. Mm -hmm. But when I saw this cover for the first time, I was like, oh my gosh, nailed it. (laughs) I was so excited. And she was so thoughtful. Like even the skirt, like, you know, Kia's skirt is a plaid skirt. Even the skirt wound up in, you know, the front and then the back. Yeah. I can't believe I missed that element. (laughs) Yeah. I love seeing like what people do. And, you know, just even when like some of her scenes of like giant crowds, I love her crowds. Yeah, They're just so like, I don't know. They're just I don't know. Everybody's so interesting and so cool. And like, Mm -hmm. oh, she brings so much joy to the page. So I loved that she set the tone for the series. And she also did way past worried. I mean, when I looked at the superhero characters and and I don't know if you could see Brock in his like too small costume and super worried, you know, just her really representing while I was playing with like the words of visually representing worry and everything that could possibly go on. And she's creating a crowded mind for um, Brock and she's creating these like superhero characters. It was interesting because um, she just is such a lovely talent. And then um, Albert Whitman brought in Karen Wall to continue in the same style as Sandra de la Prada. And Karen, I believe is from England. I haven't met Karen, um, but so I believe she's from England and she really played up. I was so excited and way past jealous that she really played up my thoughts about kids being stars. Like even if my, one of my favorite like pieces is on the sheets and on the bed, you know, here, yeah, here, you know, our characters feeling so upset, but Yaz is still sitting on sheets that star. She's sitting on a bed with stars. So I love seeing a lot of the star imagery throughout the book. And, you know, it allows me then to really lean into it the way I wanted to, like creating things for kids. It's like shine like the star you are, like, you know, silly things like that. And then in Way Past Sad, she also did like an exceptional job. I was really excited. Um, One of the things that I did early on was talk about like just the, the themes of like a sinking ship. That to me, I kept feel like thinking about a kid on an island, feeling the sad, feeling mm-hmm. like a sinking ship. And she did such a beautiful job. I mean, her telescope, her, the draw your mood page 
where he's drawing his sinking ships. Yeah. I love that. And she also did a beautiful job on the telescope page, if I could find it um, so quickly. It was like just so, I don't know, it was like really just interesting to see how, here it is, to see how he's looking and he's seeing the sad, not only that he's feeling, but in his friend, like Sanj, the one who's moving away. It's so sad. Yeah. I, yeah. Just I, really, yeah. I've been really blessed to work with wonderful um, illustrators. Um, and there'll be a new illustrator in the, not for the way past um, the Great Big Feeling series, but in The Strongest Thing is one of the books that that's coming out. Okay. Um, I hope I'm pronouncing her name right because we haven't met each other. But okay. Rhea Sai is going to be the illustrator for The Strongest Thing. And Karen Wall continued with the next two books coming out, Way Past Lonely and Way Past Afraid. If you guys can tell, I'm so excited for these two books to come out. I can't <laughs> wait to send them to you and Ian. I'm so excited. So excited. And I have to say, um, just real quick. So in our community, we did like a poll. And um, the question that I asked was, if you're not reading to your kids right now as much as you would like to, like, tell us what is the reason why? Um, and uh, so many parents said time. They just don't have the time. And um, one of the I created like this 35 ways to fit reading in, you know, to your day, like quick ways, actionable steps. Right. Um, and this is why I encourage not to wait until bedtime, like. And I'll explain in a second, but not to wait until bedtime. Bedtime is the perfect time to read a story. I'm not saying it's not. We should read bedtime stories. But if we can fit time in during the day or on the weekend or start the day with a story, we really have time to allow our kids to build up on that visual literacy and pick apart the illustrations like Kelly just did. And it can be so much fun. And I'll tell you that late at night when I'm trying to put Aiden to bed and he's been up a little longer than he's supposed to, and we still get that book in and he wants to go piece by piece through the pages and point out every little element. I'm like, can we just turn the page? It's so <laughs> nice. It's so nice but, he is such a good, yeah. good illustrator himself. So it's so yes. cool that he's yes. like that. But you're right. Sometimes it, it. I like that you're you're asking the question, when can we digest it the most when yes. you create the conversation in a way that everybody feels like refreshed and it can like linger for them. Yes. Yes. And so, cool. and, and that's exactly why, because parents are lacking the time. So, you know, when can we get the most out of it? So it, that's the perfect time. All these different elements in the books, you have wonderful illustrators and I love to see you go through the pages mm -hmm. and say what you love. Um, so before well, wait, it, Quinn, it's also making me think about dinner time. Like dinner time, such a good time if families have the opportunity to sit together at dinner. Yes. You know, there's so many times where I remember, like, I would say to like my girls, like, hey, what happened at school today? Or no, no, no. Like you ask a question and someone tells you like a one one word answer or like one sentence answer. And it's like, well, maybe before we dig in, should we read a book? And then it get, can create another point of conversation. So I love that you're asking like, when are other good times besides bedtime or in addition yes. to bedtime that could be good connecting moments? Yes, yes. And I love finding different, like we do a stop, drop and read challenge in our group where we have like our different um, group members submit like, oh, um, read in the pick in the school drop off line. Um, before you go to the store on Saturday, read a book or when you're sitting in the parking lot, read a book. And they give these awesome ideas. And I'm like, I never thought to read a book, you know, 
<laughs> to read a book then. And so uh, everybody fits reading in at, at different times. And I, I think there's so many other little pockets for us to explore in a day. Yeah, that's awesome. I mm-hmm. love that. So can you tell us a little bit about quiet, My Quiet Ship? Sure. I, my Quiet Ship was the my first book that ever came out. And it was interesting yeah. because um, I kind of was not even sure it was ready to be submitted at all. Okay. I kind of wrote it. I showed it to my agent at the time. And, um, you know, I was really just showing it to her because I was supposed to show her something else and I didn't have it ready. <laughs> and I was like, this is all on my computer, but it was super personal. You know, I, I, I grew up with like a lot of yelling in my home. And when I would go into schools and I would do school visits or teach kids different things, like a lot of kids talked about the yelling in their home. Like yeah. it was like something that happened. And um, so I kind of wrote this piece about it, about like, because what I did when whenever my parents would yell in the house, I would literally, I had a corner desk. I would go underneath my corner desk and I would pretend mm-hmm. that I was blasting off. I'd bring in my stuffed animals and I'd bring in a flashlight and I'd bring in space. And that's what I would kind of pretend. I would create my own space mm-hmm. away from the yelling. And Quinn, Quinn is the name of the main character. In my body, Jeff, if you know a Quinn that you think's amazing, go woo. woo. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but anyway, um, so Quinn is this little boy. And whenever he hears the yelling in his home, he starts by pretending that he's the commander of his own quiet ship and traveling to other places and other planets and creatures who speak kindly and are warm and like all some of the things that he wishes that he would be feeling in that moment. And then the, um, you know, he finds that the quiet, one night it gets so loud that the, his quiet ship breaks and he has to figure out what he can do. Like, what can he do? Can And ultimately it's really a story of a, a boy who winds up telling his parents that their yelling makes him feel scared. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's definitely, um, you know, it's definitely a book that was really personal. And I love the way Sonia Sanchez, like, you know, illustrated kind of just like I was like underneath. He's literally underneath his desk. And I also love how she created the image of the fantasy of what this little boy was seeing, these creatures who speak in nice voices and you know, the, the little boy runs to the control center, which is his parents' room. And, you know, how how for how can we let kids know that parents could be responsive to, to hearing their feelings? You know, and yeah. and again, I like that parents can read it with their kids and everybody can kind of talk about, well, this is what Quinn did, but what's right for our family? What can you do if you're in a situation that's uncomfortable or, you know, how can you feel? So yeah, that was the first book before yes. the Great Big Feeling series. So I have not read that one, but I feel this urge to go and get <laughs> and get this book. It sounds um, it sounds lovely, and I can already see like the questions I want to ask Aiden while we're reading it. So thank uh, you for sharing about it. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm gonna I'll send that one to you when I send you the other ones. <laughs> oh, I'm so guys. You yeah. <laughs> I I mean, <laughs> thank you so much, Haley. Yeah, thank so, you, Quinn. I'm going to put your website up here so that you guys can go out and check out Haley's website. 
Um, it's waypassbooks.com. And you can also find her on IG um, at the same. So at Way Past Books. Um, guys, visit the website, visit Instagram. It's so fun. Her website is fun. There's so many activities, so many things to get into. Um, I remember games. Aren't there games on the website? Yeah, there are games. Yeah. <laughs> there, there's games, there's videos. Mm-hmm. There's videos that teach you things that you can do when you're stuck at home, but there's also videos that you know help you, whether it's with if you're trying to learn to write. You know, we have some videos of teaching you how, how you can learn to write. You know, we even have like silly videos. There's some like cat that does really silly things like, you know, just to kind of that was one that we made during COVID. Like, how can you make people just laugh and and feel good kind of thing? And mm-hmm. how to inspire kids to whether it's build your own quiet ship or, mm-hmm. you know, do other activities, celebrate other people in your life. How can you celebrate in so many different ways? So it's really just things that can help kids not only reflect on feelings, but also use their creativity a little bit and, and find inspiration for themselves. We love it. So you guys can find Haley's books wherever books are sold, right? Wherever yeah. books are sold. Um, Haley, thank you so much for coming a second time. Oh, that's a four. A second time. <laughs> And and sitting with us and answering some questions. Got to talk to you forever. And I thank you so much for being here. Really enjoyed your presence. And um, everybody, have a great night. Thanks, Quinn.